whenever you guys are. Is it good on Facebook? We're still struggling on Facebook. We're good? Awesome. Thank you, Miss Cindy, for your help. Um, hello, everybody. How you guys doing today? Wow, Pastor Betty just talked. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. I'm just playing. It's good to see all of you guys. We're in week two of our study of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have Pastor Charlie pray for us real quick before we get started. Father God, what an awesome opportunity to come before you tonight, Father, and sit again once in your word, Father, and to enjoy the fellowship, not just with one another, but the fellowship with you and what you are speaking to us, Father. And Father God, I pray over this time, I pray over Pastor Josiah as he brings the word that you would use him and speak through him, and that truth would go forth and it would find good rest in our hearts and in our minds, Father, and it would change that for which you sent it to change, Father. And as always, we give you the glory and honor. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Did everyone get a packet? Everyone's got a packet? Good? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, like I said, it's week two in our study of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be focused on the sevenfold ministry and the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited to get into this because it's so crucial that we know this. Right, Because the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us, he teaches us, he guides us. And without the Holy Spirit, if we're being honest, we're nothing without the Holy Spirit. A believer without the Holy Spirit has no power. We have no authority. It all comes from the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited to get into the study tonight. We're going to start with one. All right, number one of the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit, he teaches. He teaches. Let's look at John 14, 26. It says, but the counselor... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Have you ever got, have you guys ever gone up to speak and you had no idea what you were going to say and the Holy Spirit spoke through you? Right? He speaks through us. He brings to our remembrance everything we have studied, everything we have learned, and he brings it to our remembrance. All right, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. And praise God that he explains these spiritual things to us as spiritual people. But then the vice versa is if you're not a spiritual person, you're not going to fully understand and you're not going to fully receive the word. The Holy Spirit is given as a teacher to the children of God. He shares with us the wisdom of God. I love the passage that talks about how the Spirit searches the, the depths of God and how we can know the things of God because the Holy Spirit working inside of us. The Holy Spirit teaches the word and wisdom of Christ. He doesn't bring contradiction to revelation. Do we understand that? He doesn't contradict what the Bible says. Listen again. The Holy Spirit does not contradict what the Bible says, and the Bible does not contradict the Holy Spirit, the person, the third person of the Trinity. This is why we must worship in spirit and in truth, because if we're over here saying the Holy Spirit told us something that's completely outside, completely outside of Scripture, well, what does that tell us? That person is not truly following the Holy Spirit. And if someone says the Bible told them something that the Holy Spirit wouldn't do, well, then we know that person is not reading the Bible properly. Number two, he convicts. And this is the one nobody likes, but he convicts. And no one likes being convicted, but it is so crucial for the Christian walk. Let's look at John 16, 8 through 11. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me, and about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. This is the office of the Holy Spirit as judge. To convict is to reprove or to show someone's error. This ministry of the Spirit works on all who receive the gospel of Christ. And are we thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit? I know I am thankful and having a very guilty conscience because for a while there I did, had no conscience at all. So I'm very thankful that the Holy Spirit has produced a very guilty conscience in me to make me want to do right. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world in three areas, sin, righteousness, and judgment. We see that he convicts us in three ways, in sin, righteousness, and judgment. When the Holy Spirit is present, he convicts unbelievers that they are sinners, right? That's how we come to know the name of Jesus. We, we understand and we, we believe that we are sinners in need of a Savior. He reveals to them that righteousness is only found in Christ, who is with the Father, and that they deserve God's eternal judgment, which is coming, which is a hard truth people, even in the church, don't want to deal with right now. This conviction is present at the preaching of the gospel and when evangelism is done. When followers of Christ abandon the faith and begin to live in sin, they are convicted again of these three things. It's always the same three convictions, sin, righteousness, and judgment. We're sinners in need of a Savior. The only righteous one is Jesus Christ, right? And then judgment, because judgment is coming upon the world, and that is what convicts us to turn, and that is what causes us to repent. Number three is he guides us. Who is thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit? When you have no idea what to do or what to say, who is thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit does the work of guiding the sons and daughters of God in order to lead them into their destiny and their promise. I love that. The Holy Spirit does the work of guiding the sons of God and daughters in order to lead them into their destiny and their promise. Let's look at John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. Romans eight fourteen. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. We see that all who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons. He empowers us. Who is thankful for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Because some days I am tired like today, and I did, really did not feel like getting up and talking and teaching a lesson. But, you know, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do what he has called us to do. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Ephesians 3.16, I actually have my bracelet right here is Ephesians 3.16. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. Whew, praise God. Praise God for that. 1 Corinthians 12.11, one and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each one as he wills. He's working in us. He's empowering us. He's giving us gifts. Romans fifteen nineteen. by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit, as a result, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ from Jerusalem all the way around Elycarium. Sorry, but do we understand what he's saying? He, Paul, is saying, only by the Holy Spirit have I done this. I have traveled the continent, full way around spreading the gospel because I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. So what's he saying? I, Paul, could have never done this in my own free will. I, Paul, could have never achieved anything. But through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, he's not bragging. He's literally saying, I went all the whole circumference of this continent from here to here because the Holy Spirit empowered me to do this work. He intercedes 
who is thankful for the interceding of the Holy Spirit? When you don't know what to say, when you have a lost loved one, when you have some, a family member that passed away, when you're dealing with these things you don't understand, who is thankful for the intercession of the Holy Spirit? When you literally don't know what to say, he's speaking on your behalf to the Father. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor. He speaks to God on our behalf so we can receive the things that we need in order to bear fruit and enter into our destiny. Do we see that? Why does he intercede? To give us what we need in order to bear fruit and to enter into our destiny. Because God has a plan for our lives, and the fruit is what gets us there. I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in reading, 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 reading the Bible that we forget that we are meant to bear fruit. We are meant to bear fruit, and he intercedes on our behalf. Romans 8, 26 through 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And guys, this is why I I love praying in tongues because I feel like sometimes I don't even know what I need to pray for some days. And I'm just overwhelmed. I know when when I am praying in the Spirit, when I'm praying in tongues, that he's saying everything I needed to say. And I know that those prayers are going to be answered just the specific exact way they needed to be answered. Do you guys ever have that day? You just don't know what to pray. You're just so overwhelmed, you can't even formulate a proper prayer. You just sit there, and sometimes I get frustrated with myself sometimes when I can't pray. So I'm not, I'm like, Holy Spirit, come. Do what you got to do, because I obviously am not capable of doing this myself. He bears witness, all right? Acts 5, 30-32. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had murdered by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witness of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. John 15, 26. When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. 1 Peter 1, 11. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Romans 8, 16, to the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit bears witness concerning the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through the death and resurrection of Christ, those who believe in Jesus were born again and became children of God. The Holy Spirit witnesses in the spirits of these born-again believers that they are children of God. And who is thankful to be a child of God? Sealed by the Holy Spirit, and he bears witness to the Father that you are a child of God. That is if he is living inside of you. Do Do we see that? He bears witness when his spirit is with your spirit, and they are together, intermingled, right? We're becoming one with the Father. But that shows that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, to indwell within us, to bear witness. Because listen, when, when you're walking in this world, right, there's a special covering of Christians. And God's going to see the Holy Spirit inside of us. But if we are not allowing him to do his work inside of us, the Spirit's not there to bear witness that you are a child. And God takes care of his children. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to be working in our lives, functioning in our lives, right, to have that seal of protection over us. He quickens, also known as he gives life. John 6, 63. The spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are, are spirit and are life. 2 Corinthians 3, 6. He has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 
That's beautiful. I love that passage. Titus 3.5, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives life to those who believe in Christ. This life is given through the new birth or the regeneration of the Spirit. And guys, this is why fruit is so essential and why we as Christians are called to judge by the fruit. Because regeneration is sown by the fruit we bear. Regeneration, what does that mean? It means rebirth. We're renewed. We are remade. So if someone is claiming to now be a Christ follower, a follower of Jesus Christ, indwelled by the Holy Spirit, if the fruit isn't there, we have to be cautious. We have to be cautious because it's all about the fruit. This life that he gives believers is a righteous, holy life that causes us, that says love, but to live in victory over sin. And that is so important. Sorry for that typo. But that is so important right there. Why? Because we are given power to live in victory over sin. We can choose. We can choose victory. We can choose freedom. This is why why the scripture says, don't return to a yoke of slavery to the former life, to the former sin. Right? Choose freedom. Christ has come to set you free. You are now free. Choose freedom. And do you see how the scripture says, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery? What does submit mean? You're choosing. You're choosing to put yourself in a place of submission to slavery again. But Christ is saying, be free. I have set you free, so be free. This righteous, holy life of Christ that the Holy Spirit gives is what manifests as the fruit of the Spirit. It is the fruit of life. And I genuinely believe we saw a real move of the Holy Spirit on Sunday. And I I genuinely believe that that is just first of many. And that's not even going to be at the, at the altitude that we're going to see later. God is taking us to higher places in the Holy Spirit, deeper places in the Holy Spirit. And I, I was very encouraged to see a lot of you praying for people. That meant a lot to me. You too, Miss Lamont, praying for young Israel over here. That meant a lot to me. That meant a lot to me to see the older generation pouring into the younger generation into the Holy Spirit flowing through all of us together as a congregation. But let, let's read that last bullet point again. This righteous, holy life of Christ that the Holy Spirit gives is what manifests as the fruit of the Spirit. It is the fruit of life. Do we see that? It is the fruit of life. It's all about the fruit we bear because that, that is how we can judge the sanctification working on in our lives to see how we change. How do we react in situations? How is the fruit producing itself, the nine fruits of the Spirit? How are they showing themselves in our lives? But let's, let, let's go back through the list one more time. So the Holy Spirit, he teaches, he convicts, he guides, he empowers, he intercedes, he bears witness, he quickens, and that's all seven. But what, what is seven symbolized in the Bible? Completion, perfection. It's the perfect work of the Holy Spirit. The sevenfold ministry is the perfect ministry of the Holy Spirit because all seven of these encompass everything we need to walk the Christian life on this earth. It's the perfect sevenfold ministry that he works in the life of believers. All right, what is an attribute? An attribute is a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. An attribute. We're going to look at the seven attributes, the perfect attributes of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah eleven two through three a says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. So, what are the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit? Right, attributes are something that are characterizing a person. Right. So, number one is wisdom. 
Number two is understanding. Number three is counsel. Number four is strength. Number five is knowledge. Number six is devotion to the Father, also called piety. Number seven is fear of the Lord. These are the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit. And it also coincides with the perfect sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we see that this is his character. Do we see that? We see that wisdom is his character. Understanding is his character. Counsel is his character. Strength is his character. Knowledge is his character. Devotion to the Father is his character. Fear of the Lord is his character. I don't know about y'all, but we need to see a lot more of these seven attributes in the church today. And I want to see a lot more of these seven attributes in my own life. And I, I encourage you to go back in your study time this week to Isaiah 11, 2 through 3a. And just look at this. Y'all, this is the Holy Spirit that indwells in your body when you allow him to. When you cleanse out this temple, this body, right? Because this body no longer belongs to you, right, believers? We understand that. This body is no longer yours. It is now God's. And the Holy Spirit indwells within you. But if you need wisdom, pray for wisdom. If you need understanding, pray for understanding. Y'all, I've needed counsel this week. Because there, there have been some hard things to deal with in this church this week. And I've needed counsel of the Holy Spirit. I've needed him. I've needed him by my side guiding me into this. I've definitely needed his strength. By this path, these, y'all, these, this is my, my two-month date of teaching. Eight weeks full. This is two months. And what, what in the world? As much as I've seen and gone through in these two months, I feel like I've been the lead pastor of this church for like two years. It's, oh, my goodness. Every month has been a year. <laughs> and I have needed his strength this week. I've definitely needed his wisdom this week. Because, y'all, even us pastors, we, we get mad sometimes. I've needed his wisdom to guide me in what to do. Devotion to the Father, which we all need more of. Amen. We all need to be more devoted to the Father. But also fear of the Lord, because I feel like even myself sometimes, I miss that. And I say something or I do something, I'm just like, wow, that was really dumb. Like, do you have no fear of the Lord in this way? Because Scripture is clear that we are meant to have fear of the Lord. And fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Amen. The seven spirits of God seen in Revelation 1-4, one through one, one four, a lot of people get confused by this. The number seven, this is a symbolism. The number seven, right, the seven spirits of God is symbolism for the perfection of the Holy Spirit. He's the perfect spirit. All right, so a lot of people get confused and they're like, this is weird. Why are there seven spirits? And they get caught up on that. But all that is that symbolism for the perfection of the Holy Spirit. Right? Anytime we see numbers attributed to the Holy Spirit, it's always seven. Because he's the perfect spirit, the perfect Holy Spirit. The sevenfold ministry is the perfection of the Holy Spirit, the perfect ministry of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, he is everything we need to live this Christian life. He is everything we need to live this Christian life. The seven attributes, the perfection of the Holy Spirit, seen in Isaiah 11, 2 through 3. That passage is specifically talking about Jesus, but it's the Holy Spirit resting upon Jesus, right? So that Spirit resting upon Jesus, it was talking about the attributes of the Holy Spirit working through the Messiah. But those are the, seven, the same seven attributes that we can experience in our own life when we allow him to move and flow in our lives. And it's been so crucial to me recently to make sure that we have cleansed temples for the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure we have, which means repenting multiple times a day to cover yourself. It doesn't always have to be a specific repentance. You may not have even sinned, but you need to make sure you are cleansed and you are covering all your bases. Because if we truly want the Holy Spirit to work in us, we've got to have fully cleansed bodies. Fully cleansed temples for the Holy Spirit. And obviously, that doesn't, I'm not talking about diet. I'm not talking about going on a juice cleanse, right, to cleanse your body. No, I'm talking about your mind and your spirit. We need to make sure we are sheltering ourselves from things that could hinder us from truly being a fully cleansed temple of the Holy Spirit. And I, I really feel like in this day and age, we may even need to be extra about it. What, and what extra means is we need to go above and beyond 
in the way we avoid sin right now. And I feel like it's crucial for this church because we are seeing we are seeing leaps and bounds in the spirit. And for us to continue to see these things, we have to continue to seek holiness and be cl- fully cleansed believers. Do we understand that? We cannot ignore any areas we must deal with them, even the areas we don't want to deal with because it's uncomfortable. And I, as the shepherd of this flock, want to see you guys functioning this way. For you personally, I want to see you thriving, but for this ministry, we need you guys. And we need you pursuing the Holy Spirit in a new way. And I'm, I just, I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord because I, I am so excited to see. Because I've seen light bulbs go off in many people's heads and they're just starting to get it. It's starting to connect. But to see the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit working in each person's life is going to be astronomical for the kingdom of God. And we're going to see growth like we never have seen before. But that's why we're doing this study on the Holy Spirit because we have to understand how he operates and how he functions. And I'm not going into crazy super depth because I want you to spend the rest of your week up into Sunday seeking the Holy Spirit, praying for, to see his sevenfold ministry in your life. Do you need him to be your teacher? He wants to be your teacher. Do you need guidance? He wants to be your guidance. You want wisdom? He wants to be your wisdom. But we have to seek him for specific things. And on Sunday, I love to see all those bold prayers. Keep putting bold prayers because they're going to keep coming up because life doesn't change. Life is hard. But also pray specific prayers. But with that, we got to pray specific prayers even to the Holy Spirit. So if we're looking for something specific even in this church, even in your personal life, you need to pray specific prayers to the Holy Spirit. Tell him exactly what you want down to the very detail. Because when you do that, when that prayer is answered, you know it was nobody but God who could answer that prayer to the very fine detail. The very point at the end of the sentence, that is how you know. And so for us in this church, as the body of Christ in this church, we have to seek the Holy Spirit, but we have to seek him in every capacity. Every capacity. And you know what You know what the thing is about the counsel of the Holy Spirit? He may tell you to do something you're not comfortable doing at all. He may, he may guide you to a decision you are not comfortable making at all. Where other people don't make that decision, so you don't necessarily want to make that decision. Oh, God, but this pastor wouldn't do that. Oh, God, but this, well, maybe he's calling you to do something different. Maybe he wants to use you specifically in that ministry. So when we are seeking the wisdom and the understanding and the counsel and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, he's probably going to tell you to do some things that are very uncomfortable and outside of your comfort zone. Because he's done that constantly since I've become the pastor here. I constantly feel like I'm doing something outside of my comfort zone. But we grow outside of our comfort zone. And if we want to see the Holy Spirit truly move, we have to seek his perfect sevenfold ministry and the perfect seven attributes of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Because when he does that, I promise you, no matter what situation comes, you will have joy. I promise you, no matter what people say about you, you will have peace. No matter what you go through, you will know the right decision to make. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for even being willing to indwell our bodies. Holy Spirit, I repent for any times I have taken you for granted. I repent for any time I made a decision without first seeking your counsel. I repent for any time I acted out of my own wisdom and I did not seek your wisdom. I repent for any time I made a decision and I did not seek your understanding. I repent for any time I have acted out of my own strength, Holy Spirit, and I have not allowed you to empower me. I repent of any time I have not allowed you to urge me into devotion, and I repent of any time I have not feared the Lord. Holy Spirit, we want you in this church. I want you in my life. I want to see your perfect sevenfold ministry working in my life, working in this ministry. So, Holy Spirit, we just re- we repent of our sins. Cleanse us. Cleanse these temples so that you can have your full reign in these mortal bodies. 
So while this wasn't a long study, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take this word and you will implant it in the heart and minds of the believers in this building. That they would take this lesson home and they would apply it in their lives and they would seek you in all that they say, do, and think. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for guiding this church. We thank you for the breakthrough we have seen. And we thank you for the breakthrough we are going to see. We also thank you for the salvations we are going to see, the miracles we are going to see happen in this house. I pray you would convict our hearts and guide us in all truth. In your name I pray. Amen.